You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, Google Podcasts on life support. Is 2023 going to be a tough year for podcasting? We want your ears and your eyes. This podcast was brought to you by AI. Donald Trump Jr. makes a rumble. Spotify, Basecamp, and Deezer take a bite out of Apple. And listeners like and subscribe. We're back, Stocks. We are back. We're in the studio. 2023. How about that? Excited. We've had a bit of drama with fire alarms this morning in the office when Jules and I rolled in and then when we started recording as well, a little bit of uh, fire alarm drama. So this is take two of 2023, episode one, season four. Just dusting off the old production cobwebs and yeah, a little alarm to waken you up a little bit more in the studio. Very nice. How was your break? The break was good. Lots of time with our friends who are from overseas, lots of time with the family. A uh, little bit of podcasting, though maybe a little bit of a drop-off as a lot of the regular shows seem to be on a bit of a hiatus as well. Yeah, and doing their recaps or best-ofs, best-ofs, a lot of best-ofs, so thank you. did manage when I was doing some housework just to listen to a lot of the things that I'd already listened to throughout the year and, and just you know revisit some of the old faves and things like that. Tried a little bit more to, to discover some new stuff, but yeah, I think it's a pretty busy time for everyone, so there wasn't a whole lot of downtime. Yeah, I took two weeks off podcasting, which was lovely, mm-hmm. and just listened to a few audiobooks, watched a bit of TV, watched a lot of NBA, chilled out. Yeah. S- summer in Sydney when the sun's out, can't be beat. No, that's right. And it's good to come back refreshed and ready to go. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. Let's go. All right. Well, plenty of stuff in the news. There's definitely a, a big story breaking today. Yeah. Look, Ben Shoon of 9to5Google reported that Google Podcasts are disappearing from search results as it goes on life support. So Google Podcasts, basically a Google podcast player, branded podcast player that would play from your browser. That's still out there. Now, that's been since since 2018 that's existed and you can still access that service. What's gone is when you search a podcast, that would come up as one of the first results. So, mm-hmm. you could play in browser, mobile or desktop. And basically, it's, Google has removed Google Podcasts as a search result now. So, I mean, life support, definitely. According to Podcast News, a Google spokesman told them that this is as intended, adding, we're constantly experimenting with more ways to improve the experience for our users. Not sure how this improves the experience for users. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, look, they've got that move fast or act fast, break things uh, sort of model where they try and just get things out there, see if they work and if they don't abandon them. Now, this is obviously probably not exactly like that. It's something that they have invested a fair bit of money into and it was prevalent quite a bit. It had some great features as well, like the ability to kind of transfer between the devices, as you mentioned before, like we could be you know, on our desktop, move to the car, it's, it's playing then on your device, move to the kitchen, it's on your home speaker, that sort of thing. But one thing that they've come up against and probably something that they didn't foresee as much is one of their other products, which is, you know, taking up some of the ears and eyes of of their listeners. Yeah, that absolutely seems to be the thing. YouTube is the elephant in the room that we're referring to here. Largest podcast platform in the world. Recently added a podcast tab. Google Podcasts hasn't made any updates to their platform in 18 months. So it seems like this writing's been on the wall for a little while. When you have the biggest podcast platform in the world, 
probably just send everything there and yeah. double, double down on it. The same Google spokesman did say, YouTube and Google Podcasts serve different needs. Both serve podcast listeners today and we're not changing this right now. We have nothing more to share at this time. Now, I can tell you of our 80 plus podcasts, none of them have more than 5% listenership via google podcast yeah so sure they serve different needs one of them serves podcasters youtube yeah. and google podcast serves fuck all people <laughs> so. so you get to be determined what that need is exactly but maybe it's being served in somewhere or another at any rate i think that this might be just one of those things that they slowly trail off into the distance we might not hear about again valet google podcast indeed <laughs> I got sent this article, um, a Vulture article by Nicholas Qua, who I love at least 15 times over the break. So thank you people for um, bringing down my holidays. The <laughs> article was titled, This Could Be a Rough Year for the Podcast Industry. Now, the angles that Nicholas goes down are, there's a recession. Yes, absolutely. Uh, questionable audience stats and I, I think also rankers as well, sort of coming home to roost. And it's a reality check for larger players. Um, Someone like he cites iHeart and Spotify as spending a lot of money acquiring shows but not actually getting ahead around monetizing it. And I think that's a fair criticism. Those organizations have put the talent before the monetization, but I mean, you kind of probably need to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you can get your monetization right, but you've got no content, well, what are you doing? That's right. And it's, it's acquisition as well. So if you've got, you know, big name exclusive content that can draw a lot of listeners onto your, onto your platform, obviously, to hear that where they can't hear it in other places. Um, and then hopefully they can stick around and, and hear the rest of the stuff that, you know, is available anywhere. So. Yeah. And give a bit of perspective. In 2021, Spotify spent a billion dollars in acquiring new podcasts and on podcast content for a $250 million return. So not great, but look, also you've got to have the content for then be able to track the advertisers. I'm quoting a Forbes article by Marissa Delato, but a bit of perspective, let's look at streaming. Yeah, exactly right. Amazon, they spent half a billion on eight episodes of Lord of the Rings. So, you know, that's a huge amount of money on eight, on eight episodes. Again, what's the return that they're going to get on this? I think they've renewed it for a second season, but... Oh, they're, they're all in. They've they're got, all they kind of so got to go. Like, this is they're supposed to be their Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And, so uh, they want to build out this universe completely and, and milk it for all it's worth. So, you know, in comparison to that, it's pretty small small cookies, but yeah. Yeah, well, if you look at something like what spending half a billion on Lord of the Rings and for eight episodes and you get, what, seven episodes of White Lotus and that actually captures the zeitgeist. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bit of perspective in what people are spending. But to go back to the streaming example, if we look at someone like Netflix, they built their business sustainably Mm -hmm. from the ground up, from a DVD subscription service up to um, becoming a streaming service and have built it on a subscription base. Whereas everyone else has jumped into the market, all these studios, spending money like drunken sailors, and now they're trying to work out how the hell to monetize it. And then you're seeing a lot of people consolidate. You're going to see a, a few mergers probably in the next 12 months within streaming. I think that's just what's happening here. Yeah. So from our side, and then generally I think across podcasting, if you're a radio network or if you're someone like ourselves, um, have you built your business sustainably and the monetization has allowed you to invest in your business, invest in your people, I'm not that worried about it. I think Yes, the headline is Spotify, yeah, work it out. They've currently got a worldwide um, spending freeze, budget Mm -hmm. freeze, and no international travel for their staff. So they're reassessing and and coming up with a new plan. We're not. We're continuing on. Obviously, you worry about the economy getting worse. 
But at the same time, as far as overall industry, I don't think there's some bubble that's bursting. I think it's just a bit of consolidation for the big players. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's still a bit of maturation in, in this kind of industry where it is, you know, a lot of people have been spending money when money was readily available to them and, and very mm. cheap to get. Now interest rates are a bit higher and it is a bit more difficult. So they need to kind of just look back and, and see what's worked and, and how they want to move forward. So yeah, big news, very salacious headline. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and look, other positives that they cite is less bloated celebrity chat casts. Absolutely. You yep. know, let's have less of those sort of, uh, you're a big name, you're probably not really into podcasting, but look, we'll do all the prep. You just you just talk. Less of those, not a bad thing. Better approach to ads. So yeah, less radio style ads, more endorsements, more influencer style stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think influencer endorsements, if done well, are a far superior product to a radio ad. So move more in that direction. Yes, please. And I guess from my perspective, the most exciting thing that Nicholas sites is this sort of potential decentralization of content via the RSS feed model. That's been the beauty of podcasting. You mm-hmm. just can send it out to the world. Now, if this can happen with video pods and there's less reliance on algorithms like YouTube, Spotify algorithm isn't as powerful yeah. as something like a YouTube, but less reliance on that and basically going, hey, I can just push this out without having to sit on some platform Yeah, that's going to basically... The only reason I'm discovered is because I'm getting featured on a platform. Yeah. Even if it's like the Nine Now app or something like that. If this can go to a more decentralized model, fantastic. All for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we all want, I think. And look, what we do know is that tough times lead to innovation. This latest story we've got is all about not only the ears being the desired target for podcasters, but now also the eyes as well. So this is reported in Morning Consult by Celia Blankfor and Mark J. Burns. There's a few stats that they've put out here off, off recent surveys and, and 46% of podcast listeners say they prefer consuming them with video compared to the 42% who said they would rather listen to them without video. Massive. Yeah, that's very big. You know, I think when you think of video, you think about, you know, highly produced shows, movies, whatever, that sort of thing. I think if you do look at the aforementioned YouTube player and you see some of the, the podcasts that are up there, it's quite sort of, you know, like organic in the way that they present these things that there's not huge kind of budgets that are going into the Low video five. capture. That's right. So they might have one or two cameras fixed in position and just set up in a way that they can capture the two or however many people that are talking. No hair and makeup. No hair and makeup. I mean, I guess there's probably scales and I think some people go all out. In those yeah, yeah, things, depends but... on the show. But I th- you're exactly right. It's, um, it's these sort of chat casts yeah. are perfectly suited to jumping across to video. And you want to see the people, you want to see the reactions. There's more that can be there, but it also will stand on its own in terms of audio. That's right. I mean, just because the video is there doesn't mean you have to watch it. You know, if you've got a bit of time to sit down and watch it or if you're you know, scrolling through at night or whatever you want to do, it's, it's an easy way to just kind of like have something that you, you enjoy and you're entertained by and you just get that extra little element. Whereas you can also just put the phone in your pocket and walk around and do the rest of the chores and finish it off that way if you like. It's interesting you say that one thing, I got a new TV over the break and one thing I did was install the Spotify app. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, it's, it's kind of lame having a podcast on your screen. Unless it's a video podcast. Yeah. So I did chuck up a few video podcasts and it was really cool. Yeah. Not watching it like I'm watching a TV show, but it was there and a little bit more engaged yeah. in it because it was on the screen. Still doing things like scrolling through Twitter and whatever at the same time, but it was, it was definitely more engaging. So that's really interesting. And look, we, we're big on this. We're going to try with a lot of our 
a few of our bigger podcasts actually to go this way this quarter. And there's things like the AI editing apps and video editing apps that are out there. And we're going to have a play around with some of those. Look, we'll report back on how they go and which ones we think worked and why, et cetera, et cetera, over the next few months. Yeah, but, cool. But we're really going to have a run at this. But what we don't want to be doing, because we, do, we did acquire a video production company in Melbourne last year, but we don't want this to be done like a, edited like a film. Yeah. We don't want this to be in Pro Tools or Final Cut. You know, we want it to be really sort of much rawer than that. Podcasting in its DNA is kind of that organic way to, to relate to an audience. It's The barrier for entry is quite low. People respond to that. You know, They don't want the super over-polished thing. That said, you know, obviously you've got your true crime podcasts and things which are very well produced and the sound is incredible, but that's all you know part of that art form. This is an extension of that. It's finding out what video is in the world of podcasting as opposed to trying to jam something on top of it and force it to be something that it's not. Mm, that's really interesting. Something like true crime, I think, works like a Stephen King novel, works better as a novel than as a movie because it's your imagination. Yeah. So if you start putting visuals up, on true crime, like I can listen to a true crime podcast. I, what I can't watch is like Dharma, yeah, or something like that. I don't actually physically want to see this violence, yeah. Uh, but I can listen to people talking about the most savage cold cases, yeah. So <laughs> that's right. Well, look, let's keep an eye on that. Really keen to see how DM goes with it all, and and geez, will we be seeing our mugs up on the screen soon? <sighs> I don't know if we can do that to the world yeah, yet. Yeah, maybe we'll let the listeners yeah. decide if we'll they want to see us or not. We'll post a photo somewhere and you can decide. Yeah, uh, I think Mandy's head will explode trying to edit that. <laughs> On the subject of AI, Heinz Heise is a publishing house out of Hanover, Germany, and its focus is on tech-orientated publications. So what they wanted to do, they have a podcast and they wanted to create a second podcast per day so they went out to their audience and said look how can we do this they want to double the frequency and double their revenue which is absolutely the way to approach these things but they they use an ai bot to do this it's very interesting have a look in the um article if you if you if you want to go further on this because i think we'll bore the socks off anyone trying to actually explain it incorrectly but look one listener wrote what bothers me a little is the lack of breathing noise in the voice. There's no inhalation to be heard. Yeah. They want to feel like they're listening to an actual human. I feel like they could fix that quite easily. Yeah. Maybe. If you can... Just some superimposed yeah. breathing noises. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but what is it? It was built in a few weeks. It's a cloned voice of a popular podcaster. Um, it's taking some of their daily news articles and putting them out and synthesizing them. It didn't only lead to an increase in advertising revenue, it also enabled the podcaster to create audio content without having to record anything. So, win, win, scary, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of stuff around this to support, you know, why this might be a success and just actually listen to patterns as well. I mean, that person talked about had the lack of breathing noise, but you think about TikTok and, and that sort of robot voice that narrates a lot of the, the, the text that's put up there. Mm-hmm. These sorts of voices are becoming a little bit more kind of ubiquitous in, in people's ears. They're starting to become a bit more used to that sort of thing and, and taking advice or stories from Androids or whatever. Not to mention, you know, things like ChatGTP, which is the open source AI that's just been purchased by Microsoft for astronomical amounts of money. These plays and moves into AI for this kind of content creation is really interesting in this like, you know, separation of art and science kind of idea and and similar to this, people sort of saying, okay, well, it's not quite the the podcasting experience, but maybe we'll get around it. Nick Cave was reported as being just 
completely condescending and, and shutting down uh, someone who created uh, write a song in the voice of Nick Cave through Chat GTP and and you know he just says it's absolute rubbish and you can't of course it is. so you know what what they lack is the human the humanity yes. the emotion that comes with you know these sorts of things but the, the humanity yeah the humanity <laughs> if it is just reporting on stories and and just giving a straight down the line you know read of what's been written then maybe the most interesting thing i've seen with chat gtp someone got it to write a screenplay and then said okay now turn this screenplay into a chicago noir true crime thing yeah and it wrote it in that way and then said okay now write this as a shakespearean piece and wrote it in shakespearean english yeah and that's terrifying yeah, yeah. um that would be quite interesting with podcasts and go look I want to change my Siri voice. It's like, no, no, I want to change the whole genre. What, yeah. The whole way this podcast sounds is is spoken and actually, I guess, the wording of this whole podcast. Well, maybe an experiment for an episode of ours in weeks to come. <laughs> and no one would know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> now, Donald Trump Jr. has signed a seven-figure podcast deal with Rumble. It's called Triggered and I'm Triggered. Appropriately named. Yeah. So Rumble has 71 million global monthly active users in the US and Canada. That's big. Yeah. The interesting thing about this for mine is the podcast industry, the big players in the podcast industry think Spotify and iHeart are quite woke companies. Yeah. And they're commissioning left-leaning content. Uh-huh. You're not getting sort of big right-wing people. Getting, no, we've had you sort of bright bars for that. And- yeah. And they've never been podcasting. So this is very interesting. This is the first big podcasting deal for a, a you know right-wing celebrity the megan markle of the right yeah that's right i mean god like have mercy on us all maybe but if it's what you're into no judgment people love donald trump do they love donald trump jr as much sure i mean he's going to be on there spouting the sort of stuff that you know has made their family famous so they know their audience they know exactly what resonates with them it's just a reaction to all sort of left-leaning or wokeness you'll see you'll hear that word probably consume at least 80% of the the words that come out of Donald Trump Jr.'s mouth. I'm sure it'll be really well thought through arguments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Taking both sides into consideration, but yeah. I'm interested to see where this sits between the sort of right-wing radio-y model, Fox News kind of space, which is distancing itself from the Trump world Mm -hmm. and what it's going to look like. Not for me to judge anyone or, or what they want to listen to, but I think it is interesting that these things are coming up. They're mm. reactions to what's out there. So, sure, some people feel underserved and, and there we go. We've got yeah, and it's interesting. Why does podcasting tend to lean left? Is that because, I mean, why was it? Was it because the last four years in particular when there's been a boom of podcasting was when Trump was in power and you na- naturally get things rising against it? Mm-hmm. So the best time for us to be in satire with Batuta is when we've got a right-wing government. Yeah, Maybe it's that. It's the companies are doing it, tech companies, and they all tend to be quite left-leaning. Is it the audience? Who knows? It's just interesting that this is really the first big thing I've seen in the last year. All right. Well, Enough of, of that. Yeah, keep an eye on it, maybe. <laughs> Another big story is Spotify, Basecamp, and Deezer banding together to ask European regulators to crack down on Apple. So we've talked about this in the realm of audiobooks and things like that, that are on Spotify and, and you know their big complaint is the amount of power that Apple has to... to through the App Store. Yeah, yeah, through the App Store to charge them through the teeth. I mean, every time you subscribe or buy something through the App Store, it's what, 30%? That's right. If you Yeah, basically, if you have an app on an app that goes to the Apple Store, App Store, that's basically if you want to have an app on an iPhone. Yeah. Then if... 
any payments you do through there, Apple gets a share of. 30% on. They yeah. suggest that this is harming consumers with anti-competitive practices. If the only way that you can get you know, your information or whatever you need to get is through this one platform, and you know, that's a fair case there. They say they put in artificial obstacles, excessive fees, as well as capricious changes, meaning that on a dime they can change one thing that can have a huge impact on all these other platforms that utilize their, their payment gateway um, and make it sort of a redundant you know, practice. So that's that's obviously going to affect a lot of platforms if they invest money in trying to you know move in whichever way they want to move. Spotify filed an antitrust complaint back in 2019, and the European Commission took Spotify's side. But there hasn't really been any action since then. So they just said, "I agree with you," but we okay. agree. We agree. Yeah, cool. it yeah. seems that the European Union's Digital Markets Act is nearly complete, um, which might be forcing Apple to kind of come to the party a little bit and loosen their grip around this a bit more. So that's big news. That hasn't been released yet. Mm. Um, and, you know, who knows exactly what that'll look like, but it seems like, you know, this might be causing enough noise for people to start listening and, and we'll see what happens. Hey, look, the EU's got history of standing up to Apple recently. They've made them put USB-C ports yeah. in, in all Apple phones. Yeah, I wish they'd do it all around the world because they've got this proprietary port. Totally. USB-C is better, more ubiquitous, and it's the future. So, let hey, watch this space, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is old school in terms of when the iPhone came out and the App Store was invented, we were paying for apps. A lot of the apps you pay, you pay a one-off fee for an app. It wasn't this subscription stuff or these in-app purchases that we've yeah. got now. You'd buy something. And it made sense that Apple took 30% of that because you're on their platform, you're going through their store. And if you had a... a Android phone in the early days as well, you're getting some dodgy apps. So yeah. it just ensured also that you're getting a decent app on your phone and it had to meet certain standards, it would work. Yeah. So that was good, but this is a different space and the fact they've kept that original model from 2007, 2008 to now, I think it's probably time for it to be definitely for it to change. Yeah. And you're the richest company in the world. So, that's right. You know. And so, you know, it, it takes uh, Spotify banding together with a few people like Basecamp and Deezer to, to even get a bit of movement on this because of the size of Apple. All right, well, speaking of paying, there's been a, a study recently that's come out of Cumulus and Signal Hill trying to understand what would make listeners pay for podcasts. So mm. you know, traditionally, you get this for free or you subscribe to Spotify for music and ad-free experience there. So they want to know, you know, how do you get subscribers? Well, in short, they say it's more content that the people are looking for. So across the board, you know, a bunch of things that they asked, would this move the needle or not? 36% said they would pay a monthly fee for bonus episodes. So they want to, you know... The Patreon model. That's right. So there's something that you might hear on Spotify or Apple or, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, but then as a sort of dedicated listener, you pay a little bit more, you get a few more episodes. That's a high number. 32%, which I found was really interesting, say they want extended shows so you know we have talked in the past about trying to kind of keep it short and i think that works for you know most people in the day-to-day -day. someone who's really devoted to a show they just want to hear everything they want to you know maybe you release something that's unedited and they can hear the sort of behind the scenes style stuff there or, or whatever you know whatever huh. they're into they just huh. like the whole process the craft wow okay that's really interesting i guess if you really like something give me more yeah 30 percent say early access so if you've got a show that comes out Weekly, maybe it comes out a day earlier for the people who subscribe and they can get in there first and take the takes from that and be ready when the rest of the world listens to it. That really worked with our true crime podcast, Inside the Tribe. I was surprised by it. Yeah. That people could just get the whole drop for four ninety nine, I believe. And it did really well. Yeah, we were really surprised by that. Yeah, and that's sort of a true crime sense. Like when you are walking around and suddenly you're, you've reached the end, you've got to wait another week. It can be 
very, very, very anxiety-inducing. <laughs> I think a friend of the show, uh, Stephen, he has been a big fan of, of that show and, and he walks around listening to it all the time and he really, really just couldn't wait for the next episodes to come out. Exclusive merch, if you want to get into that. 22% of people say that they're into that sort of thing. So, you think your tote bags and hats and whatever else you want to kind of put out there that supports the show. What do you got? The P's and D's? Punters and Dribblers cap, that's right. They do a lot of their merchandise as well, which seems to go very well each time they release. They do smaller drops and things like that. But, hey, it sells out. So, good on them. Interesting. And then 13% transcripts. I mean, I think you know transcripts is pretty specific to a, a certain audience, but... 13% 13% is still quite a high Paying number of for people. transcripts. Yeah, and I think the ability to, you know, if you might be like a reporter or something like that, it might be an easier way to quickly like scan through something to pull out some information from a podcast rather than have to listen to it. And, and you'd pay for that. Transcribe yeah. it yourself. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, so look, there's plenty of options out there and, and I think the big kind of thing to take from that is that people are willing to pay for things. Take that on the chin, Nicholas Qua. <laughs> it's going to be a good year for podcasts. We're excited. And we're excited to be back. So, look, thank you and looking forward to a big year with everyone. That's right. Thanks a lot for listening and thanks a lot to Mandy. Hooroo.